Welcome to the very first episode of Massage Noir Murders. I'm your host, Renetta Rideout, and I'm joined by my wonderful friend, Kiki Philly. Hey, y'all. So today I'm going to tell you about a case that takes place in Queens, New York, a case that to anyone that's paying attention seems like it should have been solved right from the beginning. This is the story of Destiny Smothers. In early November, Destiny and her boyfriend, Kareem Flake, loaded their black Camry with their two kids, Kareem Jr. and Kaden, and enough clothes to last a few days. They were going on a three and a half hour road trip to Queens from Troy, a city in upstate New York. Kareem's grandmother passed away, and so the family was on their way to her funeral that was to take place on November 4th. November 3rd was Destiny's 26th birthday, and so the couple planned to celebrate with friends at a bowling alley in Woodside, which is a community in Queens for those who don't know. So after settling in at Destiny's mom, Simone's house, the couple said goodbye to their kids and headed out to celebrate. Mm -hmm. So Destiny and Kareem get to the bowling alley where they meet up with Destiny's best friend, her boyfriend, and their friends. Everything's fine at the party. The vibe isn't off, and by all accounts, nothing was out of the norm. Somewhere between 11 and 11.30 that night, Destiny and Kareem left the bowling alley. When Destiny's friends saw her leave with Kareem and their Camry, they had no idea it would be the last time any of them saw her again. Meanwhile, it's late into the night, and Simone still hasn't heard from Destiny. This was definitely weird because it wasn't like Destiny to not check on her kids. She was a super devoted and caring mother, so it was hard for Simone to shake the feeling that something was wrong. She tried to give the benefit of the doubt that, hey, it was Destiny's birthday and, you know, maybe they just stayed out late. But the next morning when Simone still hadn't heard from Destiny, there was no shaking the feeling. Remember, they were supposed to go to the funeral, and the clothes Destiny was supposed to wear were at Simone's house. So because Simone hadn't heard anything from Kareem either, she was completely in the dark. She really didn't know what to think may have happened. She only knew that something did happen, and she worried that Kareem had something to do with it. Hmm. Why does her mother think Kareem had something to do with it? So you mean beside the fact that it's always a spouse? Um, Well, Kareem has a really colorful past and not in a good way. On top of that, his relationship with Destiny consisted of 13 years of abuse. 13 years. Such a long time. So sorry to hear that. I know. It's super sad. I can't even imagine that. So Destiny and Kareem had been together since Destiny was 13. During those years, she and later her children were subjected to tons of abuse from Kareem. Mm -hmm. Even in the car on the way down to Queens, 
it later came out that Kareem was hitting and cursing at Destiny. He even pulled her hair so hard that he pulled her tracks out. Oh my God. Yeah. So that part to me is the part that really upset me the most out of everything that I had heard about the story up until this point. There's something about the intention to humiliate her that really, really, really bothers me. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's like with Black women, our hair is our crown. So I was just thinking that. Right. Like, can you imagine? Like, I can't imagine. So he's already like a monster to me for that. Right. Their son, Kareem Jr., told his grandmother and the family that not only had his dad been hitting and yelling, but he also told Destiny he was going to kill her. And he's even mentioned killing the kids. Oh, my gosh. This sounds so awful. And I can't even imagine how scary it was for her and the kids. But I do wonder, was Kareem just saying that to scare them? Or is there some legitimacy to his claims? Well, yeah, that's a good question. And the short answer is, yeah, he was known for being a violent person outside of the domestic abuse. According to Destiny's cousins, Kareem stabbed his own brother almost to death. What? Girl, his brother had to be resuscitated three times. He survived, but it wasn't for lack of trying to kill him. Wow. (laughs) Right, exactly. And as if that wasn't bad enough, Kareem also beat his grandmother. Mm-mm. This is someone who definitely has very little consideration for life, especially as it relates to his own family. So I can't even imagine what he would do to someone who's not his family. That said, I can see why Destiny's mom is absolutely side-eyeing Kareem. Right. And you said it. You know, Destiny's cousins even said in an interview that if Kareem was capable of doing that to his own grandma and brother, Mm -hmm. who knows what he would do to Destiny? And, you know, that's a really sad reality. Oh, for sure. Nobody's safe. He's doing that to his own flesh and blood. Nobody's safe. Right. Nobody. And what happened next basically confirmed their suspicions. Later on November 4th, the day of the funeral... Guess who showed up? Let me guess. Kareem. Yep. Kareem showed up to his grandmother's funeral like nothing was wrong. And I'm not sure what he expected, but by this time, word had spread that Destiny wasn't around. And so people were asking him where she was, and you'll never believe what he told them. What did he say? Girl, according to an interview Destiny's Cousins did with the YouTube channel Cups of Conversation, when people at the funeral asked Kareem where Destiny was, he told them, and I quote, oh, she's out there and she's around somewhere. He totally pretended he came with Destiny to the funeral, knowing that obviously he did not. Wow. I mean, the gall to be able to just sit there and lie. In a funeral, that's, I I can't, I can't relate to that. Girl, he had all the gall. So clearly now Destiny's mom and family are beyond concerned and they go to the 101st precinct to report Destiny as missing. Unfortunately, instead of taking her family seriously, the police told them that maybe Destiny just ran away. Ran away? 
girl, they said maybe she was just over it all, air quotes, and took off. Wow. Like, I guess they were implying that, you know, she had two kids and, you know, life was hard. She'd been getting abused. I guess their rationale with that is, you know, she just took off. But right. Of course, this further upset Destiny's family because it was obvious that she was missing. Again, she'd never abandon her kids or ignore her mother. When the family pressed the cops to file a report, they still refused, stating that because Destiny lived in upstate New York, the report needed to be filed in Albany. Uh This made zero sense to the family because Destiny was in Queens when she went missing. But there was nothing they could do, and they were desperate to file the report. So they got in touch with the police in Albany. All the way in Albany, which doesn't make any sense because that is not where she went missing, which makes absolutely no sense because the family should absolutely be able to report someone missing in the city in which they were missing, not in Albany when she wasn't missing. Right. It, it really made no sense. And, you know, to the family, it just seemed like a brush off, like the cops just didn't want to do their job. So you know, they get in touch with the police in Albany. And I do have to say that the upstate police officers at least did their due diligence. They went to Destiny's house to conduct a wellness check, even though they knew it was highly unlikely to yield anything. They looked around the property, peeked inside as much as they could, but ultimately it was a fruitless search. When the Albany police reported back to the family, they urged the family to file a missing persons report in Queens. They really specified Queens and emphasized that. Well, when the family went back to the local precinct, the police still refused to file Destiny's missing persons report. They claimed that the police in Albany needed to call them first. And so you can kind of see where this is going. And by the time it was all said and done and the report was finally filed, Destiny had been missing for two weeks. This is just so appalling that it took two weeks to officially report her missing when white women and girls go missing and the reaction from the police is the complete opposite. It's exactly. really disgusting. Yeah. It is disgusting because it's like, what does that mean when you're a Black woman and you need help? <laughs> Right. To further that point, just recently, there was a 29-year-old woman from Maine who went missing in New York. This was a white woman. She wasn't Black. The police were Johnny on the spot with the report and pulling surveillance footage to find her. Meanwhile, a 26-year-old mother of two vanishes on her birthday, and the cops don't think it's urgent. So anyway, it wasn't only Destiny that was MIA. The car was also missing. No one had seen the car since Destiny's birthday. Of course, the family knew that the missing Camry was the key to finding Destiny, but apparently they were the only ones who thought that. Just like Destiny, the car had disappeared and no one but Destiny's family was looking for either of them. I do wonder if anyone's making the connection of both Destiny and the car being missing. So I did an interview with Destiny's cousins, Johan and Dominique, 
And Johan, like, said, Dominique said in the police station, if you find that car, you're going to find Destiny. You're going to know what happened to Destiny. She said it to the cops. But again, it was like all their efforts, all their pain, all their worry was just falling upon dead ears. Like, the people didn't care. So, obviously... It was crystal clear to the family that the police weren't going to do their jobs. They weren't invested. Um, they didn't care. So Destiny's family took matters into their own hands and started a full-fledged investigation. They also did a small media blitz with local news channels, but unfortunately, the media misreported on several things, ranging from the spelling of Destiny's first and or last name to the details of the story Kareem told Destiny's family. Wait, what story did he tell? I feel like I'm missing something here. Nope, you didn't miss a thing. The first thing Destiny's family did when she disappeared was question Kareem. They already knew what he was capable of, so they knew he had to be involved in whatever happened to Destiny. After all, he was the last person that was seen with her. Well, Destiny's people were on it, so they questioned Kareem about Destiny's whereabouts. He told them a story that threw up a major red flag. Kareem told them that Destiny had been acting funny at the party, so they got into a heated argument when they left. Now, I guess they were, according to his story, they were driving on Northern Boulevard. A few minutes later, he pulls into a McDonald's parking lot and he claims the argument got so heated that Destiny just got out of the car and walked away. Wait, can we back up a second? I want to say I heard or read something about this that Kareem told Destiny's family that Destiny got out on the Grand Central Parkway. And didn't you say that friends at the party said everything seemed normal earlier? Well, you're not wrong that you read that Destiny got out of the car on the freeway. Almost all of the local news channels misreported what Kareem actually said. Somehow, someone somewhere came up with the ridiculous story that Destiny hopped out of the car on Grand Central Parkway, which I later came to find out is a freeway. Right. I was going to say, that's like a highway. There's no way she could have gotten out of the car. There's hardly any room to pull over and people are just driving crazy on there. Right. I even like... (laughs) I was being nosy, and so I went on YouTube to see if there was a video (laughs) of this freeway because I was curious what it was. And sure enough, there was a video of someone driving on the freeway filming it. Mm -hmm. Those people were flying. Okay. (laughs) If anyone's getting out of the car there, they're not planning on going home because where's the car going to pull over? Exactly my point. Um, I know that highway very well. but can't fathom her or anyone for that matter getting out and just deciding to go on a walk. Right. It made absolutely no sense and ultimately was wrong information that confused the family search efforts. But to answer your other question, yes, Destiny's friends said that the party was totally normal and they specifically stated that Destiny was fine. Got it. So he said Destiny just got up and walked out when they were parked up in the McDonald's? Right. This story doesn't make much more sense to us, and it didn't to Destiny's family either. In fact, her cousin Sharice pretty much said that in a CBS New York interview about Destiny's disappearance. It was just too weird that Destiny would get out of her car, leaving the cell phone and her purse in the middle of the night. 
Her cousin told the reporter that even though it was true, Destiny had removed herself from Kareem's abuse in the car before, she never would just run off and leave all of her belongings and not contact her mom about her kids. It was just too ridiculous to take seriously. But this was Kareem's story and they had no choice but to investigate it. I'll be honest, I've been in arguments myself where I've stormed out of a car, never left my purse, because how am I going to get home with my phone or my keys? So I too find that very hard to believe that she just walked off like that. Right. It just, it makes no sense, especially when you think that she didn't even live in Queens anymore. And this wasn't even like it was like in her neighborhood where she's just like, I'm going to walk home. No, they were in a different community. So Kareem took Destiny's mom, her aunt, and cousins to this McDonald's where he says Destiny supposedly got out of the car. And I'm not clear on what he told the family happened after that point, because to me, there's a major hole in his story. I couldn't find what he claims happened after Destiny got out of the car, but I can only imagine the story would be he just drove off, which that would also make him a dick, (laughs) you know, like, so you just drive off and leave your children's mom in the street at night. Like, he didn't think this through at Mm -hmm. all. So anyway, again, the family isn't buying this story. So the next logical step was to have the police pull the camera footage from the McDonald's and the neighboring businesses. And I have to say that, you know, at least the police did this, right? So on this street, Northern Boulevard, apparently there are a lot of businesses. There were a ton of them. And thankfully, a lot of them also have surveillance cameras. Eventually, the police pull the footage. And what do you think they saw? Destiny getting out the car. Nope. They never saw Destiny get out of the car. Apparently, multiple camera recordings were reviewed to confirm that. So So, Kareem was lying then. Yeah. Wow. Mm -mm. When did the police pull him for questioning? Well, they never did. Wait, what? How is that even possible? Yeah, that was my reaction too, but apparently Kareem lawyered up and for whatever reason, the police opted to just not question him about destiny. This is so wild. Since when do they not question the boyfriend when it's the girlfriend that goes missing? No clue. But again, you're right on point with Destiny's family. In fact, Destiny's cousin Johan said that the police seemed to intentionally be dragging their feet. Because of that, the family started conducting rallies at the precinct, asking for the cops to do a better job of investigating Destiny's disappearance. Johan even said that at one of the rallies, a cop came out to agitate the protesting crowd by whispering Black Lives Matter to the crowd while smirking. Wait, What does that even mean? Your guess is as good as mine, but Johan believes that the protests regarding Black Lives Matter and the police's horrible treatment of Black folks have negatively impacted the investigation. He basically believes that the police just don't want to do their jobs like payback or pettiness, you know? I mean, I know, and there's so much validity in that claim because... I feel like they prove that to all of us each and every day. Girl, always, every day, 24-7, just don't care. So I don't really know at the end of the day what all that's about. But what I do know is that it seems like the police have done the bare minimum at best to get answers for this family. As a result, Destiny's case began to go cold at this point, and it would be another four months before there was an update that would blow the case wide open again. 
In early March 2021, a Queens neighbor had grown tired of seeing an abandoned black sedan on the block of 134th Avenue and decided to call 311 to report the car as abandoned. So the city dispatched a tow truck to impound the car. The tow truck technician hitched the vehicle to his truck and proceeded to tow the car away. A few minutes later, in an area called Ozone Park, the car began having some type of technical problem. It was probably the tire. So the technician pulled over and he goes to the trunk to, you know, look for a spare. And that's when he made a horrible discovery. Oh, no. Yeah. There in the trunk was the badly decomposing body of a person curled in the fetal position. (sighs) Obviously, the technician called the police and told them, look, there's a dead body in this car, come help. When the police notified Destiny's mother and family that they had found Destiny's car and her body, it was a devastating news they had been expecting, but of course they hoped against it. At this point, now the police are suddenly super apologetic and giving all types of lip service to the family. They even admitted that they dropped the ball and could have, should have done more to find destiny. Mm -hmm. This is so sad, but also like really now we want to apologize four months later. (sighs) Do we even know how she died? Yeah, you're right. It is super heartbreakingly sad. As far as cause of death on March 14th, the medical examiner made a public announcement and confirmed that the body that was in the trunk was that of Destiny and that the cause of her death was blunt force trauma resulting in brain injury. Did they give any details about the condition of her body or like what exactly caused the brain injury? I wish I could say yes here, but sadly, the answer is no again. The police did not disclose any of those details to the public or Destiny's family. On top of that, Destiny's mother was not allowed to identify Destiny's body, and to this day, the family never got to see her again. They have no idea what the condition of Destiny's body was, or whether she had been beaten, stabbed, shot, etc. They don't know. They were told that the body was in such terrible condition that it was highly recommended that they not view it and that they should remember her how they last saw her. Hold up. Wait, just hold on a second. Do you mean to tell me that Destiny's mom wasn't able to identify her daughter's body? I thought that was standard procedure. Right. That's what I thought as well. But apparently the ME doesn't have to allow the family to view the body. Typically, just a photo of the decedent's face or any identifying marks like tattoos are shown to make an ID. And in this case, Destiny did have a tattoo. It was her son, Kareem's name, so Kareem Jr. And this was actually reported in a couple of her missing flyers and and a few of the reports that I'd seen, they mentioned her tattoo. So that probably was, you know, what they used to ID her, but I don't know, but I I just speculate since that was what they were looking for. Mm -hmm. So with that, you know, the family never saw Destiny's body. And that in and of itself added to the agony of the loss. And unfortunately, this is pretty much where Destiny's case just fades away. What do you mean this can't be the end of the story? I hate to say it, but this is pretty much where the case is. The police still haven't questioned Kareem. 
And for a while, Kareem went MIA. As far as the family knows, he's still out and about walking the streets of New York, living his life uninterrupted. I mean, surely there must be some theories about what happened. Kareem certainly seems like a very good suspect for this murder. Oh yeah, the family definitely has theorized about what happened from what they've been able to piece together on their own. According to Destiny's cousins, again, Dominique and Johan, they believe that after Destiny and Kareem left the bowling alley, they ended up with Kareem's cousin, Levon. Now, whether they were just in the car or maybe went to Levon's house, that's unknown, but they seem pretty certain that Levon was with the couple that night. Remember I said earlier that the police were all apologetic because they believe they dropped the ball? Yeah, what about it? Well, in December, just a month after Destiny's disappearance, two drug raids were conducted. And do you want to take a guess at where one of those raids happened? I'm scared to even take a guess at this point, but I'm (laughs) assuming his cousin's house? Yes, it was Levon's house. Both he and Kareem were arrested. So the police actually had Kareem in custody legitimately, and they still did not question him. That's right. The police arrested Kareem as a result of the raid, and during that time, they chose not to question him about destiny. And I don't know if at this point is when he lawyered up, or did he lawyer up in November when the police finally, you know, like around mid-November when they finally got involved. I don't know. But what I do know is they had an opportunity to question him about her. And according to the family, they still have it. But there is still more. When the police raided Levon's house, they discovered that in his backyard, there was a huge square of land dug out. Wait, like big enough for a body? Bingo. Big enough for a body. But there wasn't a body there. And I'm not sure whether they've done any type of DNA testing or whatever scientific testing on the soil. Apparently, there's still a lot of evidence that hasn't been tested yet or is in the process of being tested. As of right now, we don't know what or who was in that hole, or if anything was there at all. Wow. Yeah, but it is something that, you know, raises a ton of questions for the family, because they're like, well, why is that random square there? Right, exactly. You know, there's so many questions around this case. Destiny's family continue to advocate and demand justice for Destiny, but sadly, there hasn't been any movement in the case. Dominique told me during an interview that they were waiting to hear from Detective Hughes. He's the lead investigator on the case. He previously told the family that he was supposed to have a meeting with the district attorney to discuss what options they had. Apparently, there was a concern of not having enough evidence to successfully prosecute Kareem, and they didn't want to risk losing the opportunity altogether. They even threw around the term double jeopardy, basically a law that states that, hey, if you get put on trial for committing murder and you're found not guilty, they cannot accuse you of murder again. That's it. So they basically told the family oh, we're worried about double jeopardy. But again, they didn't even question the guy. So what do you know about anything? But Right. You're worried about something that you haven't done yet. <laughs> right. But okay. 
<laughs> so unfortunately, at the time that I spoke with Dominique and Johan, there hadn't been an update about that. And just as an aside, in my amateur sleuthing, I called around to a couple of different precincts trying to get information about the case. I spoke to a detective at the 100th precinct who reluctantly, and he was very reluctant, but he reluctantly told me that Destiny was still listed in the system as missing. When I tried to tell him that the ME announced that Destiny's body had been found in March, he cut me off mid-sentence and said, and I quote, I'm not going to argue with you about what the ME said. I'm just going to tell you to call the investigating detective Hughes at 101. When I relayed this information to Dominique and Johan, they were shocked to hear that. And they said they would be following up. But it's like, how do you have someone in the system listed as missing when you've already announced that the person died? Right. So either they're not talking to each other or everyone has decided to collectively drop the ball on this because it makes absolutely no sense at all. Exactly. And I think that what you just said is it everybody has just dropped the ball. And unfortunately, this is where Destiny's story is today. And the family has asked for our help to spread awareness about Destiny's case and her life. They want anyone who listened to this episode to contact the 101st Precinct at 718-868-3400 and ask for an update about this case. If enough of us call, then maybe Destiny's family can have the justice they deserve. If this episode triggered you or called to mind the experiences of a loved one, please know that there are resources available that can help. The National Domestic Violence Hotline is 800-799-SAFE-SAFE. Or you can visit them on the web at thehotline.org. You can also call UJIMA, the National Center on Violence Against Women in the Black Community at 1-844-77-UJIMA, U-J-I-M-A. Hey.